Hey, everybody, this is Melissa McKenzie, publisher of The American Spectator, with Scott McCabe, contributing editor of The American Spectator, and also big, important person over at The Hayride and Reviver. He is the, um, I was going to say grand dame of politics in uh, Louisiana, but that's a, a feminine thing. What? A, how do they say that for men? Like Grand Poobah. Grand Poobah. You're the Poobah of politics politics in um, Louisiana. Anyway, so we our, our story today focuses on a Southern um, lady. And, and I'm using that term loosely. Yeah. <laughs> it's from Georgia, um, who is uh, persecuting, prosecuting, and generally a gnat on the body politic that is Donald Trump. And so Donald Trump has multiple cases all over the country and they've all fallen apart one by one um, because they're all flimsy, terrible um, acts of political prosecution and persecution and at, not at all uh, legally solid. And this case in Georgia was to some people, the most um, dangerous one for him politically. Um, and it is all falling apart, Scott, mainly yes. because I think that Donald Trump is under God's protection or something, because I've never seen so many things go awry in such a favorable way, time after time after time, for a man. And I really wonder, like, if the if the leftists that all believed in God, they they would stop doing this stuff, I think, because it always goes badly. But um they're they're continuing. And so this case in Georgia is just recently being blown up. And maybe you can explain to everybody what's going on. Well, you know, without getting too far into the weeds on this, essentially. Fannie Willis, who's the prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, who brought this case against Trump that, you know, essentially it's it's a RICO case. And it's all about the fact that Trump and his guys were getting together to try to fight the election results in Georgia because they thought that she alleges they knew that those were real and true and not illegally done or counted or whatever, that instead he's trying to defraud the public by saying that Georgia was hinky. Mm -hmm. um, so she brings this case. It turns out that she had a private attorney whose law firm, the, the, um, uh, the DA's office in Fulton County paid something like $650,000 Meanwhile, this guy had a romantic relationship with her and furthermore was taking her on expensive vacations and buying her nice things. Um, so in other words, taxpayer money was basically paying for these things. So this whole thing was a grift. This guy had no prosecutorial experience and yet she hired him as a special prosecutor. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a classic urban Democrat slimeball corrupt um, uh, practice going on. And it turns out that Fannie Willis is in a lot more trouble than Trump is. 
Um, and so, you know, there's a motion to dismiss. And the, Trump didn't make it. It was actually one of his co-defendants, who's a Georgia political operative named Mike Roman, um, who got caught up in this. Uh, and apparently Mike Roman, being from Georgia, knew a little bit of dirt on the people involved and decided that he would, you know, drop it down. It reminds me a little bit of the the scene in Bonfire of the Vanities mm. when, you know, Tom Hanks's character, who's been completely dragged through the mud, just presses play on a tape that, uh, you know, uh, somebody else actually was the guilty party in uh, the crime that he's being accused of, you know, and, and of course they're like, is that your tape? And he's like, oh yes, it's my tape. It just reminds me of that. That this is like, oh, by the way, this entire prosecution is bullshit. How do you like them apples? Um, and so this thing is kind of comically falling apart, except nothing about this is all that comical, right? right. Like this is a former president of the United States who is being brought up on and you know 17 other people who work with him are being brought up on a a completely spurious RICO charge right um that has zero validity i mean they, they basically all of the news reporting when this thing was filed you know said well this is a novel legal theory and that's really kind of the the, the bone of contention for this entire thing you do not prosecute a president of the United States, really anybody else, but especially not the president of the United States, on a novel legal theory. Okay? Well, can't, can't wait a minute. To Can go after a-, a president, you better know that you have a crime. And this is a Lavrenti Beria, show me the man and I'll show you the crime type of thing. Right. Nothing but- about this was real. Let's go back um, to what this is all about, though. So after the election and before everything was announced, Trump is on the horn with people, operatives in Georgia. This happens every election where the, you, you have operatives in every single state. The people who know what they're doing have counted down to like within hundreds. They know how many votes that they should have county by county when it's coming in, the whole bit, like it's so granular and detailed. I know this because I was involved with this. That's how elections work. In one election. And so like- This precinct should be this many votes. That ward should be this many votes. That county should be this many votes. Right. And so Trump is calling and he's like, where do these votes go? And he's asking them not to come up with votes. He's like, wait a minute. We know the math on this. We know how many votes should be there. Where'd they go? Did they lose a box of votes somewhere? This isn't mathematically adding up. They and and the thing is, for people who are not in elections, this it seems insane that Carl Rove kept all of this in his head, mind you. He'd know precinct by precinct across the whole country. Well, there's geniuses like this who know this to mm-hmm. the granular detail, and they advise their candidate and say, this is exactly what we're expecting. And this is not out of the realm of, you know, like crazy knowledge. This is, and so when he said to them on the phone and there were a ton of people on the phone, where the hell are these votes? Go get, find these votes. What he was saying is not to make up votes, find out what happened. Did we actually literally lose them somewhere? 
did somebody did did something happen with a machine in a precinct we didn't know about? You know, like what happened? So now they're trying to make a completely innocent conversation, which this conversation happens with almost every politician, with all their operatives in every election. Like, okay, what happened? If something that was out of the ordinary, like this was, and Georgia was extraordinary. So one of my friends is a political operative in Georgia. And he and I, after the election, went through precinct by precinct. We did this and I'm no, you know, whatever. And there were so many anomalies in the Georgia election that it was baloney. There couldn't have happened what happened. So there was either manipulation at the machine level, which is likely because of how it happened. And I'm not going to get into why that was. But Trump knows this and his people know this. And so they're like, we've got to find this out. Well, now we've got Democrats in Fulton County going, we ran a perfectly whatever election. You're undermining the rule of law. You're not doing this right. And so having everybody um, who was on that call accused of basically saying, like, how dare you question our election? Well, elections are questioned all the time. I don't know if anybody right. remembers Al Gore, but, you know, was, uh, there's no doubt. You don't no have to doubt. go that far back. Right. You don't well, have to go that far back. Remember 2016, Hillary, Hillary Clinton, Clinton engaged in a, a systematic effort to intimidate Trump electors into going faithless. Right. This was done. It was wide open. There were Hollywood celebrities openly demanding that people get on the phone and call perfect strangers who were Trump electors to right. try to convince them of going faithless. Now, that was like an utterly ridiculous thing that was never going to work, okay? But they did it. But it was so, intimidation, like, and, and it was- Absolutely. And it was like, I know all the ones legal. in Louisiana they called. These people right. had to change their phone numbers, okay? Right. So, like- this is like this a me- well. I tell you what, this is reminiscent. Okay, it's reminiscent of Trump's first impeachment. Yeah. So he was impeached because he picks up the phone and he calls the Ukrainians and he says it's pretty clear that there was a bribery thing going on with Joe Biden. Right. Would you guys help us out to figure out exactly what that was? Not from a political standpoint, but because he was the vice president of the United States in charge of foreign policy right. with Ukraine, bragged about getting a prosecutor mm-hmm. fired who was looking into corruption that involved him. Okay, right. that was open. It was all over the internet. Everybody was seeing it. He said it with a microphone in his hand at the Council on Foreign Relations. And so Trump says, Hey, would you look into this? And they impeached him for that. Right. Okay. So now we're doing a true thing. What? For doing a true and legal thing. Yes. It was a reasonable thing to do. No, not only that, he's doing his job. Right. Okay. You want to root out corruption where you find it. That's like if a president knows of corruption, he should do something about it. Period. Forget about the election that's coming up. I mean, at the time, nobody really thought Joe Biden was going to be the Democrats nominee anyway. Right. Right. At that time, people thought it'd be Kamala Harris until they found out how horrible a candidate she was. Right. So 
you know, and, and if the Democrat Party wasn't a party of scumbags, they would have looked at that and go, mm -hmm. oh, my God, we can't possibly nominate this guy for president. He's he's you know, he's corrupted. He's, he, right. you know, compromised. We can't have it. So but of course, that's not who they are these days. But I mean, anyway, so you had this impeachment all about trying to clean things up. He thinks that the Georgia election was messed up. And let's remember what we all knew. What we all knew was at the counting office in Fulton County, they stopped the count because they said there was a, a you know, a broken water main mm -hmm. and a flood. And it turned out it was a leaky pipe. All right. Mm -hmm. They stopped the count and then they restarted it without the Republican poll watchers there. Right. So that right. in and of itself that everyone knew right. right there would indicate, OK, this thing deserves an extra amount of scrutiny because Based on what happened and based on the vote counts that all of the Republican operatives are like, whoa, whoa, this is not right. Based on all of that, it's entirely, entirely honest to say, I want this looked into. Well, and do you and remember they prosecute that? They remember that was all the video, too. They had the video. Yes. They had the yeah. video of of somebody boxes about pulling out boxes from out table. from underneath the table. Like this is not so. Nothing was that uh, happened was regular. The only irregular right. thing that's happened was the prosecution of Trump for asking about the irregularities and right. how dare he do that, right? And so well, and, and it would be worth it to throw in one other thing, which is. If you saw Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2000 Mules, right. focused very heavily on Georgia and how ballots were harvested in that state, okay, in ways that are clearly, clearly indicative of vote fraud, right? right? Whether it's, you know, like you've talked about in previous podcasts, you know, it's an apartment and you got six different people that are registered there because they moved away and didn't change their voter registration or whatever. And so you get six mail-in ballots because of, you know, the way they were doing it because of COVID. And so like somebody fills out all six of those ballots, gives them to a mule and they bring it to a drop box. Right. And there's no chain of custody there whatsoever. And all of a sudden the votes that that generates flips it for Biden. We're not supposed to put any scrutiny on that at all. And when Trump, who is the guy that has the um, the most proximate understanding and motivation to look into these things, is like he's going to be prosecuted for looking into them. That's not just I mean, that's not just like wrong. Mm -hmm. It's dangerously wrong. It's freaking tyrannical. It's like dystopian. This is something out of a bad novel that you'd say, I mean, that would never happen in real life. Well, guess what? It did happen in real life. And now we find out that the prosecutor who's trying to weaponize all this stuff is as, not that it's a surprise, is as crooked as the day is long. Utterly, 100% indefensibly corrupt, right? And it's, you know, sex, lies. We haven't seen the videotape, but the money oh, is, let, I mean, like every piece happens. of this. Uh, I mean, Every so, piece to this is there. Is she married, by the way? I don't know. I don't know. So she's having an affair with this attorney that she hires as a special prosecutor. The taxpayers in Fulton County give this guy $650,000. And in return, he lavishes money 
and vacations and jewelry and all sorts of things on Fannie, who is the one who's prosecuting Trump and hired this guy to help prosecute Trump. And so now here's my thing. Democrats always take care of their own. So the Democrats are fully aware, everyone all the way up to Joe Biden know that she's made a deal somewhere to do this, that she's taking one for the team and she's going to get hers while she's doing it. And the, the problem is, is that the timing of this coming out is inconvenient because you know, it would have been fine if this had come out after the, you know, whole uh, lawsuit was happening against Trump, it would be one thing. But the problem is, is it's come out now. And this is why I think uh, Trump has God's favor, because the rest of us poor schlubs would not find out about this kind of corruption until we've been, we were sitting in jail sucking our thumbs with a corrupt prosecutor. But Right. Donald Trump, in each case that's happened, whether it be the nonsense that's happened in D.C., the nonsense that's happened in New York, and now this, I mean, one thing after another with each of these cases has upended things and made it um, just not work out. Now, he's had to spend time, money, resources that he could be spending doing just about anything else. Um, And from that standpoint, this is a bit of a win for the Democrats because they've been able to waste all this money that Trump has raised, that he's not then going to have to run for president. And of course, course the the resources expended to generate this trouble are yours. It's your tax dollars that are being used to to uh, to to put this on him. Um, So so you and you and I every level, this is a disgusting Mm-hmm. and and uh reprehensible action yeah. you know the good news is is that these things have not moved the political needle at all in terms of you know they all thought well you know we're going to prosecute trump and that's going to really take him out and that has not happened because people get it and they're disgusted mm-hmm. and it's i mean if anything they may have thought doing this that they were going to solidify trump as the nominee and i think that they were right about that the problem is is that you know, this is this is a very, very uh, bitter dinner that you're eating here, because what you find out is not only does it make him the nominee, it also makes him president because they decide that what you're doing is much more reprehensible than they think Trump might be. Right. And that's what the polls are starting to show. Yeah. Well, I mean, the average American is sitting there going, you know, I don't even like Trump, but this is kind of, you know, this it's clear that he's the victim here. And That's so, right. and the other interesting thing is, and the and the polling data has shown this over time, like he hasn't come back on X, even though he, he could if he wanted to. And he hasn't um, really been publicly speaking a lot except to rallies right. and, you know, different, you know, big gatherings. And so he has, and the, the mass media has purposefully not covered anything for him. They're trying to you know, suck the oxygen out of the room. They're doing it for Trump for one reason, because they don't want to give him any oxygen. And they're doing it for Biden because they they want to pretend like he doesn't exist and they don't want to embarrass the president. 
but the but the the thing that works for Trump's favor is he's got universal name recognition. People remember how things were better under him. And so that's all they have really to go on. And so they're not hearing him yap, yap his mouth at all. And so the media yeah. and everybody's really doing him a favor and he's being portrayed. If they if they put I'm telling you, if he gets prosecuted, I hope that they put him in jail somewhere. He will be king of the world uh, and Biden will get five votes. I mean, that will be it. Um, yeah. I don't know if the Democrats are starting to get a sense that their strategy might be backfiring. Um, but I would say the fact that we're seeing the covers on the New Yorker magazine of, you know, Trump goose stepping, Biden talking about Trump as if he is actually Hitler, which is ridiculous. All, right. you know, it's like you're blaming the guy who you are constantly harassing and he's he's the villain here. I don't think so. You, you know, right. Um and every Americans love a comeback story and they like an underdog. And I can't believe this, but the Democrats are making Trump an underdog and they're making they it seem like a comeback story. So in the world of yep. WWE, where Trump, you know, once won a championship against Vince McMahon, um, which, you know, um, this is a comeback. The narrative that's being written, you know, I mean, he's going to be coming out in uh, uh, boxer shorts that are made of the American flag, like Rocky. And so, I mean, that's what they're doing to him. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Well, you know, if you haven't already, please buy uh, uh, Scott's book, Racism, yeah. Revenge, and Ruin. Go buy that book and like and subscribe the American Spectator, The Spectacle. Give us feedback and tell us what you think about our shorter format and if you like it better, if it's easier to deal with, or if you like us talking for two hours in a row, because we can do that too. Uh, well, we've demonstrated that. We've demonstrated that. And uh, also we're going to be having more guests coming up here on the podcast. So if you have somebody you'd like to hear from, let us know that too. So like and subscribe. Uh, share with your friends. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you, Scott. It's been a good one. And we'll see you next time.